Birds All Day is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. It's not baseball season, but that doesn't mean there's not all kinds of awesome games and events to attend in Toronto if you live here and you follow the Blue Jays. Don't have to say anything more than the return of Kawhi Leonard, uh, one of the single greatest seasons ever turned in by a Toronto uh, Toronto Raptor. Coming back as a member of the Clippers, you want to get in the door to, to, to see and welcome Kawhi, you can find those tickets on Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. What's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and now, uh, if you are a regular listener, you know last week was our, uh, someone calls it on Twitter, our seasonal affective disorder episode. Uh, we're moving on. We're moving up. Up with people. The winter meetings are ahead. There are actual transactions happening here in December, so we have some stuff to talk about. Of course, uh, none of those transactions are happening to the Toronto Blue Jays, of course. I guess there were some uh, roster moves that were made kind of at the tail end of last week. But we're talking about future transactions of impact, which the Blue Jays swear up and down they're going to make. Except that, there won't be anybody left to make them with. There's no better person to talk about the Blue Jays' ineptitude when it comes to transactions, the only part of the game that really matters. Uh, he joins me every week at, every week to do that. He joins me as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Yeah. I'm okay. I'm waiting for the Blue Jays to do something. <laughs> You'll be waiting a long time. You're like going to be like that dog like on it, Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> You're just standing in front of the house, buried up with snow, the saddest episode of a cartoon of all time. Speaking of sad episodes, we couldn't think of anyone better to lift our spirits than our uh, regular guest, co-contributor, I think. We might even... I don't want to go throwing around titles like that because then they'll start making... Uh, there will be an expectation that she does this for no extra money. Uh, from The Athletic, uh, Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. We're here, usurper. We're here and glad to have you around, as always, <laughs> waiting for the for the day to come, the email to come. Be like, yeah, it's Caitlin's job now. But I'm excited. <laughs> you, you, des- you deserve it. Yep. I like co-contributor. Uh, that's, a, that's a step up. It's a good title. Put it on your Put it on your LinkedIn page. Co-contributor, yeah. birds all day. Just don't. Uh, you, what you want to say? Co-contributor to a podcast, not just not this one. You don't want too many people knowing what goes on here. Luckily, we're hidden away under the banner of the Blue Jays, where uh, <laughs> nothing happens. Where I feel like there's a bit of a uh, a shift in tone, and I think today might be a good day to um, to talk about this. Uh, we'll start maybe with the t- the shift in tone around. Uh, the Blue Jays. I kind of wrote it in, uh, in my notes as as uh, knives out because um, I feel like more uh, people who cover the Blue Jays, either as a uh, as a columnist or as a reporter, so people who are on the beat or people who are very close covering the team, um, are maybe being a bit more pointed in their criticism of late. Uh, you know, people like 
there's always you know there's the company man Stoughton who who would never say a word askance of of, 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 <laughs> Clearly, his, of his yeah. alter ego. Wouldn't want to uh, lose my access, folks, you know, so you know. <laughs> well, you're you're vaunted, you're vaunted access. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. So, Kate, Linda, I think you were at the 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 baseball the BBWAA meeting today. Um, is there a sense that that the the people covering the team are maybe taking a bit of a different angle, or is it just sort of it's more of a, just a natural uh, covering of the team and the mood around it from fans and and writers alike? Yeah, I think that. It's, from my perspective at least, it's sort of thinking about, yes, the mood around the team. Um, fans are getting anxious to see this rebuild take the next step. And I just think the way that sort of I've been approaching it is that if you think about this rebuild in a logical way, like you do have to take steps forward and if last year was all about introducing guys like Vladdy and Bo and Cavan uh Danny Jansen to the major leagues and then also you know open up opportunity for maybe some young pitchers to rack up innings and get the experience so if that 2019 season was all about that and clearly it was then there has to be a progression the next year and you know if you we looked at some of the talent that this team has and it's promising I mean I understand that maybe Vladdy didn't have as great a year as a lot of people wanted him to but I think there was still a lot of encouraging signs guys like Bo and um, Cavan looked really good Danny Jansen didn't have the offensive year that you wanted him to have necessarily but he was great defensively so there's just a lot of promising pieces and so I think that it just seems like there's a lot of reasons why the time would be um, advantageous for the Blue Jays to add some meaningful pitchers, namely, because obviously we know that that's their biggest area of need. And, you know, you look at wanting to pair um, some of these young, talented players with experienced pitchers. Uh, you look at the payroll um, that the team currently has, and it's relatively low. They have a lot of money to spend. Um, and so when you think of those two factors, the way that I look at it is it does seem like the time is right to spend. Now, it doesn't mean it's this year or nothing. Like the, I think the, the fan base, they are anxious for them to, to, to add, and I get that. And I do think that this year would be a good year uh, I think it'll be extremely disappointing if they don't make any significant additions this offseason um, in terms of pitching. I don't think it's a total, total disaster. Like, if you get to 2021 and the team has not made any steps forward, that's when you really have to start thinking about how to seriously evaluate this front office and really whether they truly do have a plan. I think you're right. I think. I have two kind of thoughts about it. Yes, obviously the team needs to address its pitching. Um, there is a significant shortcoming among the big league ready pitchers that could step in and make a difference to make this year's team better and more entertaining and uh, just a better product and that much closer to competing. Uh, I also fear about a kicking the can down the road for another year, but then also putting. If I'm going to mix my metaphors a little bit, so you're going to kick the can down the year and then put all your eggs, all those cans in the basket with eggs. 
for next year, where now you're like, okay, well, now we have to completely reform our, 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 our pitching rotation or we have to really build it up. So we have to do it only this year where or next year. So, uh, you know, every every player you sign now, um, you know, if, as long as you project them out to be still good and valuable at that time, that's, a, that's one less guy you have to get the following winter, I guess. Um, I don't know. Stoughton, what do you think? Do you, what, and, you know, you, I know you read a ton of, of, uh, of Blue Jays coverage. Do you think that there's been a tonal shift? Do you think that maybe the people like Shai Davidi and, 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 and Ben and, uh, or, or, you know, Caitlin, who's obviously, uh, you know, ineffably, uh, positive, uh, is there, is there a, a tonal shift among the coverage of, of the team? Yeah, I think there absolutely has been. And it's, it's kind of been slowly coming for a while. I know that, uh, uh Josh Housem, who was, uh, uh, artificial turf forest podcast and, and did stuff for uh, BP Toronto. And that was the thing he was tweeting about that. And I think he's got his finger on the pulse and, and, no, and noted that in, in Shai's piece this week, he, you know, a, a tone that, you know, he doesn't, doesn't necessarily always take, which was that, you know, you got to start showing some results of not necessarily even on the field, but just in terms of like, just show people that you're trying and, and try to spend a bit. And I, I think part of it, is that that was sort of the impression that they they gave at the end of the season, and I think people were kind of like wait and see, right? Like the, you know, in the in the the postmortems after the year was done. I don't know what the exact exact quotes were, but uh, there was definitely a sense that the team was talking about, you know, even though Shapiro had said we'll be opportunistic. They're talking about having the payroll. They're talking about you know seizing opportunities that can help make them a better team, and then. Now that we get to this point and they're behaving the same way that they, you know, we feel like the Blue Jays always do, whether it's Shapiro and, and Atkins or whether it's, you know, every other, uh, uh, front office, uh, that's started to, to, to affect people and, and make the, you know, it just, it feels like we were watching the same movie, you know, we've seen this before, uh, and and so I think it's almost partly their own fault, right? I mean, they, they I don't know what else they were going to say except like, yeah, we're we have money we could spend, we're going to try to do it, uh, but they didn't manage expectations well. Except also, no, the expectations were right. They're not holding up their end of the bargain, and I think that's a totally fair thing for people to think. And I think that that's becoming, uh, you know, the 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 prevailing sentiment. Let me. P- Maybe not play the devil's advocate, but put it another way. This year, in particular, there are two very, very, very good pitchers on the pre-agent market. And then there are a lot of guys who are less good. Zach Wheeler is a a player who just signed, I believe, a five-year deal in excess of $100 million um, with the Mm -hmm. Phillies. So people seem to really like Zach Wheeler, and that's fine. But (laughs) Zach Wheeler is good ish uh do you want to know who has very 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 comparable numbers to zach wheeler the answer is marcus stroman stroman and wheeler have are are very similar in the way that maybe in in almost the in the shape of the way that they produce again not huge strikeout guys uh stroman is better than almost anybody at keeping the ball in the ballpark uh wheeler not quite as good at, at, at that aspect of the game but still like similarly productive pitchers so if you're the blue jays and you wanted to Trade Stroman, get you know, get that tr- the the prospect capital from that, and then sign Wheeler. You're kind of further ahead, but the rest of the guys, if you're not talking about Garrett Cole, who is you know extremely unlikely to ever sign with the Blue Jays, no matter what, unless the Blue Jays come in and blow them blow his mind, which they very well could. And Steven Strasburg again <laughs> seems like an unlikely fit, but definitely two players worth pursuing because they're so good and because they. 
Uh, I don't know what their internal metrics would say, but to my eye and, and uh, they, they project out well as being good pitchers now and good pitchers three years from now when you're trying to compete. Those guys quicken the pulse. Zach Wheeler doesn't do that for me. Yeah, it would be great to be able to have you know recouped the, the those prospects and got you know uh, Woods Richardson and uh, uh, Anthony Kay in the system moved on from Stroman, which probably wasn't going to be a fit necessarily uh, from a cultural personality perspective from all that we've we've heard and read. Um, but then, so if you bring in Wheeler, so you're kind of you're you're ahead, but. Is he a difference maker? And then after him, like, again, Matt, is Madison Bumgarner a guy that's going to make the Blue Jays better? If that's the only move that you make, I don't think you're that much further ahead, which is maybe why they aren't diving out into free agency. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What what do you think, you know, Caitlin or Stoughton, somebody, you know, chime in. Am I misreading well, I, this or is, is I, it worth bringing in a guy who's just better than what they have? Well, the thing for me is, I'll make it brief because we, you know, People listen to me all the time on this podcast. We'd love to hear what Caitlin has to think. But for me, I, I, it, it, it's never going to be about one guy. There's always going to be an excuse why the Blue Jays didn't go and get a guy. And I, I referred to it as like death by a thousand missed opportunities in a piece this week because it's, you know, yeah, you could absolutely make the case that Zach Wheeler is not worth what the, the Phillies are paying and and that that could be a contract that doesn't work out well. And, and uh, Drew, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, watching Pineda come off the board, watching Kyle Gibson and Odorizzi come off the board, you know, uh, you can look at those in a vacuum and say, I get why the teams didn't go and and you know push the the terms and the and, and the salary to uh to make sure that they got him and uh, they got those guys instead of the teams that they signed with but you know it's just, they just keep doing it right it's just it keeps mm-hmm. happening it's it, you know i don't know that there will ever be a free agent where the tide turns wheeler felt maybe a little bit like it but uh you know he's, Cole he's and Strasburg when they sign elsewhere nobody's going to really believe that the Jays had a chance on those yeah. guys anyway but 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 that's the thing you can make an excuse for all of them and it's kind of like yeah but at some point you got to show us uh one thing I will clarify I, I don't think that the Zach Wheeler contract is bad and I don't think that it was it's one that will end badly for the Phillies and I don't think it would necessarily end badly for the Blue Jays he's not the marquee name maybe that I am envisioning so so I think that's maybe a better way to look at this. So we've, I've, even in this conversation, I've dismissed the idea of getting Cole or Strasburg out of hand. But maybe that's the absolute wrong approach. That if you're saying we got money to spend, if you're saying you know we, uh, and, and I'm saying I want you to make an impact, then do it. Then do it. Then then demonstrate the the need to make an impact. Demonstrate that you need top end a top end type of guy. You need elite pitchers to 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 really drag that rotation into 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 form so maybe that like i guess maybe that's what i'm trying to say in a backwards sort of way which is if you got money if you say you got money and and you do want to make a splash then make a real splash don't be like oh we got zach Wheeler. he's pretty good he's about as good as mark stroman was um so we're you know kind of ahead of the game as opposed to being like there's no way other way to 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 position we sign garrett cole other than like our team is way better now and we're way more better positioned to win um, I mean, I do think that there's a lot of factors that we we all bring up a lot, it, but it is content. It's it's important to note, like the idea of Toronto, Canada, um, the unknown of moving to a different country. For a lot of players, it's a huge factor, and it's not necessarily maybe themselves, but it's thinking about you know their families or their wives. I know Stone 
um, wrote a piece this week talking about when the Blue Jays signed AJ Burnett and like all the things that the um, Blue Jays um, front office did in that era just to kind of woo him and his wife. And I think you wrote like they got limos between like Baltimore and Toronto. So she didn't have to fly because she didn't like flying. Um, So, you know, but just speaking generally about like a lifestyle change, um, players do have to think about that as well. And I think I wrote this in a piece and all of us are from Toronto and we love the city and we know how great it is. But for a lot of players that grew up in, you know, California or, you know, in the South of the United States, like it's a complete unknown for them. And if they can play in, you know, Philadelphia or Chicago, like maybe they just for a similar amount of money, they, maybe they just do that. They don't want the hassle. Um, it's a real thing that we sort of have to consider. Um, and I know Mm -hmm. it's sort of awkward and there is the idea of like money talks, but then I read this week that, um, Zach Wheeler got a larger offer from Chicago White Sox. I don't think it was much more, um, than what he got from the Phillies, but it was a little bit more. And he still chose the Phillies because his wife wanted to be on the East coast and she's from New Jersey. Um, and so those are factors. Um, And as well, again, another thing we bring up a lot, um, but it's kind of important to reiterate, is that if you're a free agent and you just looked at the Toronto season that they just had, I don't know if you're really excited to come here. Like, this, I don't know, is it like a chicken-the-egg scenario? Like, do the Blue Jays have to get a little bit better and then sort of show free agents, like, this is a promising core? Or do they have to get a free agent to make them a little bit better to show more free agents, yes, this is a promising core? Like, how, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be internal improvements, but I think it's unrealistic to think that just based on internal improvements by some of the young players that the Blue Jays are going to be, like, add, I don't know, like, 20 wins. Like, you know, they're going to have to make significant ads pitching. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, it like, it's hard to, like, I know how disappointed fans will be if the Blue Jays walk away this offseason and sign, like, Tanner Rourke and, like, Wade Miley. But, like, that could happen. Um, I, and honestly, I'm sitting here right now. I'm like, I don't know how how will I write <laughs> if they get what, like those two pitchers and that's it. Like how I don't know. Like it's it's a really interesting year, and I I'm, I haven't been covering the team that long, um, and I don't I don't really sort of remember different eras and reading about the angst. But it does seem like there's a lot of angst around the fan base right now, and um, you know I don't I don't know what the feeling will be if the Blue Jays do completely sort of swing and miss this offseason. Hey, the angst has always been there. The angst is always oh, yeah. in the same, <laughs> in the same, sh- in the same shape, just in diff- just expressed in a different way. Um, on, on, on this podcast or the a previous iteration of this podcast, I, I, me went essentially in probably the middle of 2015. I was like, Ethopolis needs to like, put up or shut up like he hasn't done anything the team is bad and then he did drew stuff. drew drew made it happen is what he's trying to tell us i was i was the carrot the carrot and the stick um but i think you you touched on something that's important and there are all these soft soft sell aspects of, of a free agent uh pitch and then mm. uh, stoughton got into it with um uh, you know describing the aj burnett deal but 
if you are the Blue Jays and say you are maybe lagging in some of those other um, departments, okay, yeah, you want to say the word Canada or there's this change and that change. You got to go through customs when you're coming in and out of the country, whatever. Then you got to pay and you can't, you can't mm-hmm. say well, it's a similar dollar or figure. You have to give the fifth year and the, and the opt-out. You know the the stuff well, that maybe AJ Burnett wasn't getting any anywhere else. Right. That, that's. I mean, the Cardinals went went to had four years and forty on the table, and they would do the opt out. And the Jays went the Jays went to five and fifty five, and he did. And the Padres last year had a worse record. Uh, you know, last winter we're coming off a year with a worse record than the Jays are right now by mm-hmm. a game. Uh, but they signed some. Uh, they they managed to throw some money around anyway. It's it's kind of you know I I think it I think you know all those factors are things and I'm sure it varies from guy to guy and situation to situation. But it does mm-hmm. seem like you know we also we talked about uh, Grandal and, and uh, I wrote about this. I think we talked about it on the podcast how he was thinking about uh, you know when he signed the one year deal deal last year he left money on the table but he was like I want to keep the salary at a certain point because you know the that's important to the union and it's important to the guys who come behind me so. You know there are there are ways to to you know make certain factors more you know matter more than others. I think, uh, and, and you know you're in a pretty good situation no matter where you sign. I know that there are people who you know we we don't have to be reminded of like Kawhi uh, uh, in this city and in this country. Uh, you know who just you know are hell bent and really want to go home and really want to be in a specific place, but. Uh, yeah, but I think there's probably enough people where where you could be aggressive enough to make it work for them, uh, where you could still look at the Jays and be like, "No, you got to do better." There, there are two examples that I can remember, um, sort of anecdotally. I don't have the exact examples and the exact quotes or, or or timing. The one signing that that is instructive, I think, for maybe where the Blue Jays are to an extent was Jason Worth, right? So the Jason Worth. Deal that he signed for seven years um, and like 140 million dollars or something like that, 121 million dollars, whatever it was, with the Nationals. He was coming off. He was an older player and he was coming off, you know, some great years with the Phillies. And then he signed that big long deal and he went to Washington and the Nationals were bad. But obviously they were on the way. They knew they had. I don't, I'm not sure at that point whom they had drafted. If they had already picked Strasburg or they were looking at, you know, the. They had that first pick in the draft. It was going to be Strasburg or Bryce Harper, whoever it was. But they signed him such that he was kind of like the anchor for the team when it was young and up and coming. And then when when the core built around him, he wasn't quite the player that he was, but he was still a a big contributor. So that was a hotly, you know, people complained about that deal, I think. But in the end, uh, I think that there was a lot of value, A, that he he was still a good player. And then at the end of his career, he was, you know, respected as the team improved around him. Another one is, I I remember reading about Zach Greinke. So, when Zach Greinke was a free agent, well, I think before he signed with the Dodgers, um, and then with a deal that he then opted out of to tr- to sign with Arizona, but he had been traded to the Angels uh, in the in the middle of the season from Milwaukee, and the Angels were pitching him to resign in in Los Angeles or in Anaheim, and they were like leaning, like being like, "Hey, come play with Mike Trout," like that was their thing, and that didn't work. He didn't sign with the Angels, so like. <laughs> There's only there's yeah. only so far that those kind of pitches are willing to go, and I mean that that was the that might have been the year or around the time that they signed um, Pujols or or maybe not, but anyway, it was like a you know the Angels made a huge investment and in, and have always done so you know futilely most of the time, and it still didn't it didn't didn't appeal to Granke. So ever I agree that everybody's got their own criteria, everybody's got their own. Um, uh, 
factors that, that lead into that decision that it isn't always entirely rational. So I think the bigger, the biggest takeaway is if you're the Blue Jays and you're trying to make an impact, and we hope that they do, uh, you have to, to get a little bit irrational when it comes to making offers. It, you have to go up. You have to make, add that fifth year on you know the Russell Martin contract or the AJ Burnett contract here's the fifth year and the opto you know we 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 feel like if everything goes well you're not going to the fifth year won't matter uh and if everything goes to shit well then who cares uh because you know we will have hopefully you know benefited in the, in the in the on the front end but there's just so much risk aversion in the league right now that it's tough but then at the same you know I say that and we all know that and we can recognize it and talk, you know learner the guy that owns the the Nationals is like we can't afford to sign Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg, which is obviously bullshit. Um, they just choose not to. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't... I, I didn't even know that Michael Pineda signed already. I, I saw his name bandied about yesterday, and I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind that, you know? I think nope. it just happened. Okay, yeah, two years and $20 million to the Twins. So, yeah. you know, the Jays are, well, you know, maybe they didn't want to offer a second year, or, or maybe they said, well, we do one year 15. God only knows what, what the, the circumstances that were, but... Uh, I, I, I probably mentioned it last week, and I will continue mentioning it all the way through all of this transaction season talk, which is that that Andy McCullough quote that he got from An, uh, Andrew Friedman of the of the Dodgers, which was, "If you're rational about every free agent decision, you end up finishing third every single time." And the Blue Jays are, you know, looking to finish Pretty third in, uh, coming around <laughs> every free agent. They're good I at do, that. Oh, I, I do think I think. Um, like maybe I'll ask you guys this if I can ask a question. Um, but I think like Gregor Chisholm of a uh, Toronto uh, Star brought this up in something he wrote recently, and it was like maybe like what like Toronto sort of lacks right now, and um, is that they don't sort of have any of those like um, really respected veterans um, of the major leagues that are praising playing for Toronto like if you look at like the Edwin and Carnacion scenario like let's there's a lot of things that would have played out differently if he um stuck around in after 2016 or whatever it was um the team could have been completely different but then if he did then you have like a guy that did choose Toronto did choose to stay here and then maybe that influences other people like I do think that that is something that Toronto lacks right now is there's no there's no guy on the team that is could go and sort of maybe entice guys to come here like you talked about you know Jason Worth like the Blue Jays sort of need to find that guy to come here and sort of establish the team um and and then um yeah like I guess entice other guys to come here as well so um I don't know and how are you gonna get that first guy there yeah exactly that's the first guy you gotta can, fucking how about pay they- how about they stop uh, sending guys throughout the league who who are doing the opposite? You know, like I don't uh, – somebody I saw on Twitter the other day was saying that uh, – I don't know if it was a, 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 some sort of Q&A with Josh Donaldson who or was like – basically the thing was someone was like, come back to Toronto. And he was like, they don't want me there. Trust me. And, you know, I don't think Marcus Stroman has a, a, a good things to say about the front office at this point either. And, and I know that this is a thing that people have noticed and it's kind of like – yeah, they're really trying hard to 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 overturn a lot of things there, and you know you can you can rationalize what the Jays are maybe trying to do, 
Uh, and this is maybe an unintended consequence of, 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 you know, really trying to, to build a culture, which is, you know, the thing that they talk about a lot, uh, you know, from the ground up is that, oh, yeah, you already had a bunch of people here and you've decided that they're not your kind of people. Uh, maybe it's going to take some time before, uh, before, before you can, uh, you watch yourself of that and before that those kind of things go away. So, yeah, I, yes, I think that the finding a guy, who, you know, you don't want him to be the, you know, the, what we did in the old days of, you know, let's get Omar Vizquel in here and we'll promise to play him every day, even though he's, you know, he's been terrible for 14 years or, uh, or Mark DeRosa babysitting Brett Laurie. Like, you know, you, and I think that, that that's a thing that they understand, right? They're kind of like, you have to play every day. And they, but they think about, you know, when we talked to Ross about the, uh, the, the book about team leadership and stuff like that. And when we talked to Shapiro about, you know, I, I believe I asked him, like, you know, he talks about the, the to create a, you know, the, a championship team has those veterans, has those veterans, has those guys in their prime and has, you know, young players. And it's like, you know, where are them? Are we just waiting for Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. to be the veterans who are going to sell Toronto on other people? And uh, that, that might be it. That might be what it is. It might be a longer wait than anybody really wants. Well, I... It's 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 so interesting to me the dynamic the free agency dynamic is such that like it has been de-emphasized I think across baseball um, it no no team or few teams are, are are a big name free agent away from getting better it's the thing that that everybody wants it's a great like way to kind of uh, do an end around on the rebuild process and and bless the teams like the Padres that that did that they were like we're not going to be the best team in our division this year but Manny Machado is going to give us a way better chance to be better this year next year um uh so they so they did it they pulled the trigger uh, but I, I just find it very interesting though so that we uh, fans and people who are sort of outside of the game a little bit we still have the same like free agency is a shortcut to contention um is that I don't know is that a is that is that almost right like have we kind of come full, uh, 180 on that where in the old days, you know, in the old the old smart person days of like galaxy brain people who read fan graphs twice a week, we were all like, "Well, free agency is a fool's errand," and look at all these deals. And now it's like, just you can get better players today. Don't wait for the for them to grow in, in the swamp in Florida. Buy them. <laughs> so, uh, is, have we maybe done that full one eighty on free agency? Um. I don't know, maybe a little bit. Uh, it's hard It's hard to say because I think some teams always were going to buy their way to contention and some teams were always not going to buy their way to contention. Um, and I do think that, like, generally speaking, this, this, I don't know, the more, the smarter way to build is a combination of, you know, um, development in your own farm system and drafting well and all that kind of stuff that the Blue Jays have clearly um, tried to do very well the last few years. And then I think that it's just a matter of adding the right players at the right time. So I guess I'm probably not in the camp of like just buying your way to contention. Um, That's sort of like, I think that it's probably a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. 
I, I think that's right. And I, I, you know, the, what I think is happening is that we're, uh, you know, people are getting more cynical about rebuilds. For one, I mean, that's that that there's just diminishing returns of trying to sell fans on that. And the idea, I mean, we saw in Toronto this year the idea that like, oh, you know, you're going to get you get all these, you know, number one prospect in baseball uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's going to like you say, Drew. It's not one guy's not going to make you a winning team, and it doesn't doesn't. It's not not well. Maybe it won't work out the way that you think it will. Though I'm not, you know, writing off Vlad, but uh, but you know, uh, nobody saw that season that he had coming, and you know, maybe it's put questions about about him, and and I think it questions the whole idea of oh, we're just going to, you know, do what the Orioles are doing, the like the vampire capitalist version of like the Astros model, and like uh, we're we're going to like take everything down to the uh, to the wood, and like. Uh, don't care whether you're entertained or not and uh, and just like, like very openly pocket money every single year uh, and act like, oh, it's going to be fine on the other side of the, uh, you know, these bad times. And it's, it, a lot of times it isn't. The Padres are a team that has been, feels like they've been rebu- rebuilding for a decade. Uh, the Reds have t- had a real tough time. You know, there's, there's lots of stories that are not the Astros and the Cubs and also the more teams choose to take this route you know diminishing returns in terms of you know how that works out and we're sort of seeing that uh i think in in, in the way that uh in the way that free agency works as well i think that you know they uh we're we're all sort of geared up and i think this is why it's such a missed opportunity and such a frustrating thing for for uh, blue jays fans is that you know we're looking at teams you know there's there's just not enough teams that want to be competitive and then there's other teams at the top that don't want to spend money because of the the competitive balance tax or luxury tax, and so there there is a, a pool of teams that that's pretty small that can take these opportunities, uh, and you know I mean obviously everybody's going to get signed eventually, but it it just it doesn't feel like it's uh, it, it, that that it's been t- being taken advantage of in a way that uh, that makes sense. I don't know. I Do you think know. the Blue Jays' circumstances are such that they can't? do that i mean so we, we talk about you have to have a homegrown core you have you know mark shaparo and everyone will tell you, it, it's obvious you need to have you know strong talent uh much of which it was homegrown and then you augment excuse me from around um you know the dodgers have that the dodgers have homegrown talent or guys they've developed if they're you know the chris taylors and and uh and justin turners but then obviously they've got cody bellinger and they've just got that like army of guys that just come out of the woodwork and can all hit they could play four different positions whatever it is the phillies are the model that kind of runs counter to that in a lot of ways because the phillies don't really have any like strong homegrown players they've got uh, a couple the the pitcher whose name has escaped me at the moment aaron nola Nola, right? But like other than that, they don't have a lot of homegrown talent. So they're just buying it, right? They're, they they paid Arietta, Now they're paying Wheeler. They paid Harper. They traded for, for uh, Real Muto. So they have like some guys. But in some ways, I guess if, you, if you're somehow perversely, we've come, you know, the big joke about like baseball socialists. We're like, go capitalism. Go Phillies. Go and buy your wins. <laughs> like uh, because because – Maybe that model can work for them, but I think that the Blue Jays, and maybe this is more of a question than a statement, is because they're in the division going head to head with the Yankees and Red Sox, who are good or who are doing both, right? I mean, we think about the Yankees roster, so they have obviously, you know, Gary Sanchez, they have uh, uh, Aaron Judge, they've uh, got whoever playing third base, but then they have the money to 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 
pull uh, you know Tanaka off of the of the free agent market when he posted those years ago. They can sign DJ LeMahieu. Like I think the fact that the, the the thing about the Yankees that nobody talks about is that they have the best GM in, in baseball. That's that's my unofficial opinion. I hope nobody heard me say that, but he's so <laughs> so good, right? Like he because he has the resources, but they most of the time they spend them other than you know Jacoby Ellsbury, which is obviously a big one, but like. He's so good, and 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 if it's the Lemayhu signings or the continually like keeping Brett Gardner around, whatever it is, and the, and the Red Sox are the same way. We've talked about their model a thousand times over that the Blue Jays are never going to spend and and build it by a team that can compete with those guys. Is 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 it fair to throw up our hands and just say like the, uh, acknowledge that as reality? Or are we, is that like a bit of a defeatist mentality? Be like, you know, screw it. Like, get out there. Maybe spend spend to where they spend and and let's see what happens. Let's see what's up. Maybe maybe the Blue Jays can go head-to-head with those with the Yankees and the Red Sox if they're spending dollar for dollar. Well, a, a few things, if I if I may. I apologize, mm-hmm. Caitlin. But, uh, you know, for uh, first of all, well, this is... Uh, the the gap, as I wrote in my Burnett piece this week, has narrowed considerably because teams are you know it's only narrow, it's narrowing from the bottom up because teams mm-hmm. are not spending past the the luxury tax. So so it's real easy for the Jays to to spend real close to what those guys are doing. For uh, that's one. Two, I should have said this first, but uh, uh, not sure not sure I feel about uh, Brian Cashman the same way as you. I know that the playoffs are uh, a crapshoot. We all know that, but you know your your best GM in baseball. What, what has it been? Ten years since he won the World Series. Come on, go well, show me he results. does. He doesn't have the same trash can banging acumen as his <laughs> part in Houston. That is true. Uh, and then, the, and the other thing is, I mean, I know the Giants are in a, a down phase, and the Diamondbacks and Rockies are like they don't know what the mm. fuck they're doing, like ever. Basically, they're kind of just mm. running around. Uh, but you know, the Padres are still looking up at the Dodgers. Like that's not a great division to be in. The Dodgers and Giants, and they're like doing the screw and it hasn't worked out great but man i'd rather try you know you know i'd rather be a padres fan than a blue jays fan at, at the moment I, well you know would you in, in a weird in a weird vacuum where i'm not considering that i obviously the fact that you live in san diego <laughs> yeah that well that would be good too yeah yeah but no right um, i mean that, that, that that's I, I don't want that to be like, hey, well, we'll see in ten years if that model works out. It's like, no, just every come on, teams, start spending. Like, be, like this is this. It's There's, it's absurd. And and like I said before about the free agency, like you can find an excuse every time not to do it. But you uh, and and again, coming back to that, bullshit. like you got to spend, you got to spend, and the Padres are doing it. And I, I love the Manny Machado signing. Again, he was twenty six years old. Like. How can you go wrong? Not maybe not. How can you go wrong? But like that's he's the kind how can how can more teams not have been trying to sign him? Yeah, yeah. But the other thing again with it when we're like go spend get better try to improve your team and then they they sign Eric Hosmer to like a hundred million dollar deal. It's like <laughs> oh no 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 not like that. Please God no don't yeah. do that. Spend that money on a good player, not a bad one. Um. So I mean, there's there's always that. But I guess the the biggest thing, and I, we're kind of moving past this conversation, and, and it's. It's the thing that never that we, we we talk about a little bit, and other people talk about a lot. And uh, it was uh, David Roth wrote that great piece for the uh, uh, the New Republic this week about yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like the ruthlessness with which the, a lot of the teams and the Astros in particular uh, go about their business. Uh, and and the thing that that got me thinking about it was the Mets. So the Mets uh, there was, they have a new majority owner. Uh, I believe his name is Cohen. He bought 80% of the Mets, and the Mets are valued at $2.5 billion. 
So, yeah, he spent a significant chunk of money, like what, 160, no, more than that. Anyway, he spent $2 billion, say, on the Mets. The Mets have given out tons of bad contracts. But, like, the fact that that the Mets are are worth $2.5 billion. The Blue Jays, I, was, I looked at that. The Blue Jays, the Rogers bought the Blue Jays for $180 million Canadian in 2000. What what are the Blue Jays worth now? And, yeah. and the, the, the bigger picture is that every single team has seen the same growth and the same valuation go into the stratosphere. Not, there's not one single contract that's killing any any of these teams. So while we are like, yeah, don't give your money to Eric Cosmer or, or you know, like, oh, the Manny Machado is kind of wasn't that great this year. I'm sure he'll be – I feel like he'll be better next year. I don't care how savvy you are, how much of a professional you are. $300 million and moving to San – like moving across the country, that's going to fuck you up. Like there's no other way to get around. I, really, <laughs> I, tr- I truly believe that. I, I think it's just like how can you not have your whole life thrown into a blender than knowing that you have, you're worth like a third of a billion dollars now. Like that's crazy to me. So I think he'll be better, but like, no, there's no contract that's that's killing any of these teams. There's no contract that's like, wow, that now they're gonna have to fold. They're closing <laughs> up shop. Like no, that's never gonna happen. And and it's the true, um, it's almost a true tra- the true tragedy of, of the luxury tax is that is that, I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> more I of these teams aren't sinking themselves with, with, with like enormous. But they contracts. can't because they can't. They're unsinkable. There is no there is no iceberg out there waiting yeah. to sink. Any of these Titanics arrogantly blasting through the North Atlantic, they just they're 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 bulletproof. And we talked about this last week about the Rays. How the Rays are in this ideal situation from a financial perspective, in my mind, because it, it doesn't matter what they do, they could turn their team into a petri dish. Because if the, if 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 it doesn't work, they're like, well, what? shrug, doesn't matter. No, no one was it wasn't going to make any difference on our bottom line one way or the other. So because they've got these this really you know stiff sharp. Uh, uh, self-imposed cap. So I don't know. I just think that getting it, bring it back to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, t- uh, there's no bad contract. That Russell Martin, the fifth year from Russell Martin didn't kill them. Paying thirty-four million dollars for Troy Tulowitzki to go away, not going to kill them. The team uh, is going to be fine, no matter what they do. So so throw that eighth year at at Garrett Cole. Uh, you know, <laughs> give him an opt out after two, whatever it is. You'll be fine. You will be fine, they're, they're, and we'll be happy. There is a there is an iceberg. There is there is an iceberg though. He has a name and it's Bernie Sanders. Oh, you think Bernie's coming for them, is he? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well he's he's he got talking to Manfred and they're, you know, trying to get him to pay those uh those minor league players. I had this like conversation with I won't name who, but it was like someone on the someone on the beat and we were I don't know why we were talking about it, but we were talking about like if we were billionaires, like what would we do with all our money? And uh, he was like, "Hey, minor league players." Play well, no, he was like, "Well, I buy a <laughs> like I buy a baseball team because it's a great investment. Like, you're you you know you're gonna make a lot of money, and there's a lot of money to be made. And like you just said, like you're not, I don't know if you'll, I don't know if you'll make money back, but probably like I don't know. It just it seems like a, a good investment to make if you're a billionaire." I, I, I don't like the that that seems that's a lack of ambition to me really you know <laughs> you got a bill you got a billion dollars you got to turn that into like a hundred billion I mean that's what that that's what that's what life's all about I think right <laughs> well but if you're if you have a billion dollars you got all these other uh, revenue opportunities let let's bring it back to baseball because nobody wants to hear yes, you know the please. the Bernie stump hour that this could inevitably turn into every single episode 
but uh, let's he, get back he, to he follows he follows me on Twitter, by the way. Bernie does the the his Senator Sanders account. He follows like two thousand people, and somehow <laughs> some intern with fat fingers has, has I'm on the list. It's weird. Stoughton, go on Chapel. I could DM him right now. <laughs> DM Bernie. <laughs> Bernie, go on Chapel. No, he did go on Chapel. Anyway, let's get back to shitting on the Blue Jays because that's what we're really here to do, which is to say, okay, so now Big Mike is gone. Now Zach Wheeler is gone off the free agent market. Uh, what's left? What are the options remaining for the Blue Jays to address the holes in their pitching rotation now and into the future? There's Dallas Keuchel. Not all at once. Hmm? Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, Keuchel. Right. Okay. Yeah. Dallas Keuchel, yeah. <laughs> so that was a name that that, that uh, I, I know Ben <laughs> Smith was tweeting about, saying that maybe the Blue Jays' infield defense might uh, betray him a little bit. Yeah, um, that's a concern. I mean, he's, on the one hand, the ball doesn't leave the yard very much with him. So you like that in a place like the Rogers Center. But also he <laughs> On the other hand, your third baseman. <laughs> yeah, a ton of ground balls. So. <laughs> yeah. The third baseman is fine. God damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, Josh Lindblom, that's... Uh, who's that's apparently getting, getting two years out of him. Korea? Is that for real? I don't know what he's going to get, but... Uh, well, the, so, well the, some but, guy, that Danny from Nova Scotia was tweeting at us being like, oh man, you know these guys are just publishing agents' lines directly when he's like, yeah, Lomb's got two-year deals on the table. <laughs> yeah, you got you you better up your deal to two uh, just to make sure you get Lindblom. Just make sure you get the the ace of the Doosan Bears or whatever. As a, as a uh, Doosan Bears fan and game attender, I will say they should go in fact. And get Josh Lindblom. No, I don't know. I, once the, once the names left, but, I kind of, you know, fell out of love with Korean those, baseball. The name those numbers look pretty good. Those numbers look pretty good um, in that Super Bowl. They 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 fixed the ball in Korea though. They did. It's not like it used to be a couple of years ago when when Eric Thames is winning the triple crown and stealing <laughs> fifty bases and stuff. Uh, when I wrote my, I wrote like a little thing on bringing in Eric Thames, and uh, I thought of Drew when I was writing it. So that hasn't happened yet, even though it's – so two things haven't happened. Number one hasn't happened is – I mean, Thames is not the kind of guy that's going to go quickly, all right? There's a lot of guys who do what he does or are similarly talented. Obviously, I, I have an affinity for him. So that hasn't happened yet. I think he would be a great fit. He kind of fits their melu. As, is that right? Did I say that right? As like a kind of mm, omni – he could so, play no. first base. He could play – you could throw him out in the outfield and he's not going to be worse than some of the guys out there. Yeah, no, he's uh, a good he, fit. And he can hit a ton, and he's just the greatest dude. But the more the biggest issue is that uh, he does. I've interviewed Eric Thames a few times. He's very friendly. He doesn't know me from Adam, frankly. Especially when I'm using my like Instagram account that is locked and has like 200, maybe like 150 people that follow me, whatever it is, like just friends and family. And I repeatedly message him on Instagram, and he never reads them or responds to them. And I'm just like, Eric, listen to Power Trip. Eric, listen to Knock Loose. I'm trying to get him listening to better music because he he's he's close. <laughs> You know, he, he, he's, he's a ball player, so he's busy. But he went to see Slayer uh, in Vegas. I guess that's where he lives, which is cool. Um, but I'm like, you know, Eric, go see Power Trip in L.A. They're playing in L.A. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm trying to help him from afar. And he's not having it. He put something on, on Instagram. He's like, hey, everybody, I need to entertain, entertain me. I'm like, Eric, listen to Power Trip. He won't do it. It's a shame. I, I, I've... Today is that Spotify wrapped where like Spotify releases your all your data and tells you mm-hmm. the way you listen to. Honest to God, my favorite day of the year. I get so excited. <laughs> Spotify <laughs> thing. And I was thinking about it, and it's interesting because I feel like Spotify 
has like gamified listening to music in that way, which is really odd. Because it's odd that I get excited to like see what other people are listening to and show off that I hate listen to whatever. Um, but I do. And, and it's, it's similar to like what uh, Fortnite in a way. Because um, I was talking with someone, actually with Blake, and he was saying that like he doesn't use Spotify and he's, he's almost motivated to listen to Spotify more because he wants to get that information. <laughs> like he's, he wants it to be data rich. Because he's, he's Blake and that's how he is. But like, it's an, I don't know. Is that weird? Is that a weird relationship to have with music or a pl- place that's just simply to like listen to music? Am I weird about this? I think I'm weird about this. But people it's are funny too, crazy. Because like, there's people that I've seen post theirs and they're like journalists or writers. So they spend a lot of time just like listening to like, I don't know, classical music or like movie instrumental movie soundtracks because they're writing and so they're mm. like spotify wrapped is just like all these random instrumental songs um because they're just disproportionately listening to those while they're writing for hours and hours and hours i get that that's that's not good for the lifestyle brand now is it when you are like, trying to position yourself as like the cool writer but you're like oh i listened to the soundtrack <laughs> to inception for like three weeks in a row <laughs> i'm like the opposite of you i don't like to look at it because i get embarrassed because then i get reminded of like the songs that I've listened to and I'm like, ugh, I just listened to this one like Fallout Boy song for this sorry, this isn't this year. isn't Sportsfeld. You're gonna go to Sportsfeld and talk about Fallout Boy. <laughs> I'm That's not, not how joking, we do things like, over here. Yeah. There's Fallout Boy on like my workout po- uh, my workout playlist and I have not updated my workout playlist for in like for years. And so it's just that continuously like fallout boy is in there because of that workout playlist see i'm the opposite i listen to i I know a lot of people like my like scott lewis my friend our friend who he likes listens to metal when he's in the gym and he's like lifting stuff i'm the opposite i want like the worst loudest like most ignorant thudding like house just a shitty dance song that i can completely ignore because it's easy, but the bass is like thunk, 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 and like urging me along. I, that's that's what I want to listen to. Because I listen to like that metal and all that stuff when I'm like sitting at my desk, hating everything, like ah, all day long. <laughs> I'm listening to that shit, listening to music that that it, it, in its own way. Because I'm like a 41 year old man who's like driving around with kid seats in the back, smashing my steering wheel with my fist, listening to knock loose and stuff. Uh, uh, it, it, it's embarrassing. I, I was embarrassed that I listened to Angel Dust so much this year because that, that's an embarrassing band that's cool ish but like also bad they're bad and i listen to that record so many times it's shocking stoughton stoughton is a is, is a physical medium kind of guy i don't think i don't know that he's a, a heavy spotify user. i am I, I do use spotify i haven't looked at my thing this year but i just assume it's going to make me feel extremely old <laughs> gonna make you feel old so that's part that, that's partly why i haven't looked at it just yet but yeah but i i think it's it's I, again I, I i'm kind of warming up to this idea of gamifying it and i i because of that, also, I think it, it can help shape what you do listen to because you, especially if you are someone who regularly shares it, like, hey, check out my Spotify rap. You're like, oh, maybe I'll put away the Fall Out Boy for now and I'm going to put on this, like, <laughs> something else that makes me seem, like, cooler and more urbane. But really, you're just listening to Fall Out Boy so you can get that, uh, that Sportsfeld invite. That's all. That's your angling for that. I haven't <laughs> been a co contributor so. over there. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, uh, haven't got an invite yet oh don't worry I, get, I know some people over there I'll, I'll hook you up i've been on it but just not in a while so they said they'd have me yeah. back and they haven't yet so uh, we'll see 
so the Blue Jays, maybe free agency is kind of out. Again, you, uh, Caitlin, talked about Tanner Rourke and, and Wade Miley. Uh, Wade Miley had quite a year last year, did he not? Oh, man, what a disaster. What a wild year. Uh, it's almost like he sucks, if I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote about almost. him, and like, uh, like I expected most people to be underwhelmed. Um, but then it's like, well, what if he gave you what he gave the Astros from April till literally August 30th, <laughs> and then he imploded? Um but yeah, no, it it would be underwhelming. I understand that. Now we've still, I know you and I talked about this before, but like the trade route, like they maybe they'll take on a do a trade with a guy who's got some term left or whatever it is. Did we ever come mm-hmm. up with a name that would be like viable and palatable? It's it's tough, and this is I have a piece coming uh, that's going to come up on Friday, so maybe when people are listening, they'll uh, they'll all already have a chance to see it. Uh, that I, I went through like basically every rotation and, and looked at sort of who was, uh, you know, what the contract status of of their, you know, basic starters were and where the guys, you know, from 2019 have gone. And yeah, it's real tough. It's real tough. And, and Atkins said at the that uh, BBWAA meeting, uh, you know, that they're they're leaning towards free agency because especially, you know, the cost is going to be high for guys who they don't want to pay for guys who are only under contract for uh, a couple of years, which is, you know, sort of – you know, implying like established guys, I think as well, you know, there's probably terrible guys they could get that are under contract like that, but uh, for that amount of time, but, uh, but he said there's, they're leaning towards free agency because yeah, like, you know, pre-arb and arb, you know, early arbitration guys are just so stupidly valuable. Um, it, it's just, it's not the time for the Blue Jays to be out here, like trading away prospects. So what if you can trade for an established guy, maybe with less prospects and more money? Um, somebody who's got a lot of money left, for example, um, like David Price. Yeah, there's not a lot of yeah, like you were asking for a name, and there's not a lot of real names. So is, like, is the, so David is, Price is, is not an option. You thing. think? I don't think David Price is an option. No. Why not? Well, first of all, I, I mean, I think the amount of money that's left on his deal is uh, is is quite a lot. I know the Red Sox, obviously, you know, everybody's talked about this winter how they're you know toying with the idea of trading bets and are thinking about how to you know slim their payroll down and that's why Dombrowski's no longer there uh but yeah I don't think uh I, I don't think that that's going to be a solution for them or the Blue Jays I'd love to see it I think everybody would love to see it but I don't think they're going to trade away anything of consequence like they I think they would more prefer to you know if they can assume the contract of somebody who's okay just to give a team financial relief like the Francisco Liriano deal or whatever uh that's one thing but I don't think they're well, you know, they're not trading for David Price. I looked David at Price that is okay. situation. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still good. I think it's also a matter of, uh, I don't know that the Red Sox would be sort of able to trade him because they're in a situation with their own rotation. Like they don't have a ton of options. Like they lost mm-hmm. Rick Porcello's in free, agent, free agency and uh, they've got some question marks in their rotation. So Yes, it would be a huge um, relief on their payroll to get rid of David Price, but then it would also leave a huge hole in their rotation. Yeah, but if they're if trading Moody, Mookie Betts is going to leave a hole, a huge hole in their franchise because they're trading one of the <laughs> best fucking players they've had in forty years. They just want uh, it's too expensive, so they're going to trade him. That's craziness. So if they're if they're losing their mind and just blowing the doors off and just like everything must go, then fuck it. 
here's I, I'm not confident in this, but I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling takey. Okay. David Price will be a better pitcher uh-huh. than Zach Wheeler will in 2020. That's something that I believe. So <laughs> if you're looking to get better, fair. David Price is going to do it because he's good and he's fun to cheer for, and he seemed like a, he's a guy who has worked hard for his entire career to, to the point that some team was like, "Hey, let's give that guy thirty fucking million dollars a year because he earned it," and he did. And even when he wasn't good, he was fine. Maybe Boston's not the right fit for him. He's been a little bit struggling with injuries and maybe some other things. You know that he's he's loved in the city, and and there are people here who worked with him closely. Maybe they aren't the guys that are in the front office right now, but they have a talk to them, ask them, be like, "Hey, David Price, you know, is, is he a good egg?" Be like, "Yeah, he fucks that guy. He's awesome. Bring him in." That's me. That's me. I'm <laughs> I'm calling Ross Atkins. Be like, "David Price fucks. Bring him in." Uh, because I, I, I would be all over that. Okay, then not David Price. You want to get rid of a bad contract? Chris Sale. Let's go. Call call uh, call uh, 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 the, the homie Bloom and the rest of the Red Sox up and be like, yo, we'll take that, that onerous Chris Sale contract off your hands. Let's shoot for the moon. Let's get better. You know, like, uh, let's do it. I take think that we 30 all million could agree, right? <laughs> hmm? I think so. Yeah. And I think that going back to, like, the point we were talking about before of bringing in some signature guy, like, David Price would be a huge goodwill move for the front office to their fan base. I think you're right that he would be a great contributor to the rotation. Like it would be a smart move all around outside of maybe the argument of all the money that he's owed. And people will say, well, why should the Blue Jays take on this huge salary that the Red Sox gave him? And, but then again, like, he deserved that salary, so why not pay him that money, right? Exactly. If they say I mean, no, if they're just walking away, then yeah, absolutely, they should take him. Yeah, you like, throw I in mean, like a mid-level I mean, prospect, is... be like, no, no, don't worry, and then maybe that guy gets good. The Red Sox have got a, a very good player development record. That's a win-win for everybody. They 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 highlight some talent. They bring them into their organization. They can work for cheap. Blue Jays come in. David Price, a beloved uh, uh, former Blue Jay, comes back. Just does his job ably. He's not going to be this, as good as he was in 2015 because uh, around that time, some team brought him in and really wrote him hard and then put him <laughs> away wet. And it seemed like it really affected him <laughs> for the rest of his career. <laughs> so maybe so Dave, if, if there's no David Price, if Chris Sale is maybe not to your taste, how about uh, Max, Max Scherzer? He's got lots of time left in his contract. Washington is looking to cut payroll. They can't afford uh, Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg. Maybe you want to go in and be like, hey, let's, let's get Max Scherzer. I, I'm into that. I think it's worth a shot. Maybe Clayton Kershaw. He, he didn't opt out of his deal, did he? Is he a free agent? Go get Clayton Kershaw. No. No? no. no? Uh, yeah, no. no. I mean, lo- okay, lovely ideas point. all, but you know, I, don't, I don't see it. Feasible, likely, all within the realm of possibility. <laughs> um, I think we've gone on long enough. I hope I hope this one wasn't as negative. Caitlin, what do you think? Do you feel like the, the mood was good here? Are you, are you pleased with our discussion? I think it was a, a level-headed discussion. I think it was reflective of the state of Blue Jays fandom right now. I think there's different viewpoints. I think there's people still looking on the bright side, and there's some people that are not quite looking on the bright side. And we did it all without referencing that thing that we talked about before we went on the air that I ranted and raved about. We've kept that all off the (laughs) the airwaves. Everybody's good. Listeners will never know. They'll never, (laughs) ever know. Uh, Caitlin, what do you got coming up for the people on the Blue Jays beat in the next little bit? Anything any people can look for? 
Um, so I think tomorrow I have something coming up that it will just be a bit of a sort of preview, um, agenda, like what is on the Blue Jays agenda next week at the winter meetings. And then mm-hmm. starting this weekend, I will be in San Diego. Uh, I know. Shut your goddamn mouth. It is. A, Get off. It's, it's what, a who, tough who is dog, this woman? But someone's got to do it. So I'll be <laughs> so I'll be in San Diego next week, and I'll be reporting from the winter meetings. So you'll be hearing from me uh, as much as they'll let me, <laughs> and I hope that the future day <laughs> Absolutely. will do something. So I have something to write about. You'll be addled with fish tacos the entire time, just like a like a wreck of a human being. Well, that's exciting. Well, I, I'm happy that you're you're getting that opportunity. I'm happy that you came on our show. How many times did you come? This is your third time this year. Uh, at least third. Friend of the show, co-contributor. It's a, it's a lofty title. I hope you uh, <laughs> has a nice ring to it. Seriously, has a nice ring to it. All right, <laughs> co-contributor Caitlin McGrath. Thank you for coming, uh, Stoughton, What do you got for the people? You got a story coming up tomorrow that you, you referenced just now. Yeah, about the the, uh, the the trade market, um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, winter meetings. I'm on winter meetings duty. Gonna gonna be the person who is not in San Diego and just. Uh, I was gonna say you're not going to San Diego. You should, you should talk to your employer. It seems like wherever you work is kind of a little little you know stingy with the with the travel budget because where Caitlin works, <laughs> they're just sending her all over across the continent. <laughs> Stone's so got a man the uh, Peterborough bureau, so <laughs> somebody's yeah, got absolutely. It. It's, uh, it's well, true. That's cool. It's so weird. I mean, we're talking about the winter meetings. Like, is this? Did we mention them at all? Like, like <laughs> I feel that you know, five years ago we would have been like, you know, the winter meetings. We have to, this is obviously what we're talking about, and now we're kind of like, obviously, yeah, I don't know. Maybe something will happen, or maybe it'll happen in January, like it does now. Like the offseason. If just you so, like, uh, just I, so I strange agree. now. Compared to how it used I to agree, be. but I think that this last couple, of, last week or so, has actually been a little bit of not bad in terms of like some moves sure. and stuff. Uh, and Caitlin referenced it, and I think that if, for example, a Mookie Betts, the Mookie Betts deal will be the one that I hope will be like the dam breaker. If the if they trade him, that's going to just like set all kinds of wheels into motion, depending on where he goes and then what that frees up and then where things are moving around. So that'll be one to watch. One I had almost forgotten because the idea of trading Mookie Betts is so ludicrous. That I can't even re- accept a reality in which that's going something that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, so that's Caitlin, that's Stoughton. Uh, they both work for the Athletic. My name is Drew. It's my pleasure to be here. And if, again, if this was your first episode of Birds All Day, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for checking us out. Hope you like what you hear. You can follow Caitlin and Stoughton on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter as well. Uh, I got a, I'll have a new newsletter coming out uh, next week. Uh, kind of following up, I wrote one this week about uh, the angle of Vlad's attack. We got a bit of a bit of a Maybe a bit of a, a down, too much downward stroke. Maybe finding a reason for him hitting so many ground balls. Going to kind of follow up on that next week. And I actually finally, eventually, filed my uh, BP annual. So I'm, I have done the Blue Jays essay in the Baseball Prospectus annual, which will be available uh, in the new year. So they're doing a bit of a deal on that. Uh, I don't know if they're the competition, but whatever. I'm here. I'm selling books. Uh, so go check out the BP annual <laughs> if you want to read my essay, which I had a lot of fun with when I finally did it. Um, and that's about it so for Caitlin and Andrew my name is Drew we'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day